Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Breaking and entering, drunk and disorderly, law and order. A former prosecutor and a defense lawyer not your typical pairing. And the result? Conversations about crime and punishment that are guaranteed to get you thinking. Welcome to Justice Matters with Joe Crowley and Lizzie Green, a brand new weekly podcast. Our episodes are available on Apple Podcast, Spotify and YouTube. Check out our Instagram for clips at Justice Matters Pod. Enjoy the episode. This episode contains descriptions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Lizzie. Hello, Joe. How are you? I am good, and I'm excited about today. <laughs> good. Well, I'm excited about today because we get to talk about uh, something that I am interested in, which is sport, boxing, yes. MMA, uh, and its relationship to, well, criminal law, but also just law generally in terms of um, what you can consent to in terms of violence. So a big shout out to my mate Simon, who is a avid listener of our podcast, who said that I should um, do a we should we should do a podcast on MMA, which I had to ask you what that was. Yes, yes. mixed martial arts. Something you are proficient in. Absolutely not. No, I would no, I wouldn't last two seconds in an MMA <laughs> ring. Um, but I, you know, the benefits of modern technology. So when I'm looking at my phone and scrolling, the algorithm has picked up that I watch clips of MMA and boxing, and so I regularly see the clips, which are generally the knockouts in in an MMA fight, and the knockouts in boxing. So um, I, I really am not at all across. That type of sport. It's not coming up in your feed? When no, <laughs> not so much. Although my husband has completely ruined my algorithm and I get a lot of oh. four-wheel drives oh, and okay. um, camping equipment. So I'm, I'm up for that. Mm. I reckon that's great. Anyway, but so, look, I do know what boxing entails. Yes. But so what? what's the difference between boxing and MMA and 
you know, what's the other one? WWF World or whatever. Wrestling Federation. Well, again, not an expert at mm. WWF, but I and and probably um, WWF supporters are going to be angry at me to say this, but that is theatre, I think, in terms of the fights are right. very staged. Right, orchestrated. And orchestrated is the word, yes. So boxing, um, as you know, to people standing in a ring punching each other, wearing mm. gloves, uh, and and quite strict rules around what they can and can't do. Mixed martial arts. So in the 1960s and then into the 70s, people, you know, with the, with the emergence of different martial arts, karate, judo, um, you know, jiu-jitsu, uh, and obviously boxing. So there was some, obviously, I'm sure boys sitting around going, I wonder who'd win a karate fighter or a judo fighter. So they started to do these kind of fights. Right you know, cut to the 90s and that becomes an organised thing where they have mixed martial arts where you get into a, a ring which is more like a cage. It's got very high walls on it, um, not like a boxing ring which just has the sort of the three ropes around, you know, in a square. Broadly speaking, you can fight in any style you like. So this isn't this isn't cage fighting? Well, it, well, it's, it, it's it, well, I suppose it's a form of cage fighting, okay. yeah. So, I just keep thinking of um, Ross from Friends. He calls oh. it... Karate, <laughs> and says he had unagi. Right. So now that's, but that was ninety. So obviously it was quite yeah. the thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I grew up with the original Karate Kid, not the remake, which was one of my favourite films. Yeah, wax on, wax, wax off. Up. Yeah, fantastic. Got it. So, but when my friend says to this, oh, you should do a show. He's a lawyer as well. So when you do a show, you should do one on MMA. I knew instantly what he was talking about, and and that is this idea that I see in my feed when. There are two people fighting. One of them gets knocked out and is clearly knocked out. Like, like as they are falling, they are unconscious, and it is self-evident that they are unconscious. And they hit the the canvas in the in the ring, and the their opponent jumps on them and continues to punch them. And I am it just horrifies me every time I see it because the person is unconscious and they are still being pounded. So why are they doing that? Do they not okay. win when there's an? Well, let me unpack. I, I, I want to unpack all of that. Okay. Um, because if you if you are knocked unconscious in boxing, yes, hasn't the other person rules. won? Oh yeah, sorry. It's not. I'm not talking about winning. Uh, yeah, well, it has something to do with winning. But in boxing, there's very strict rules about when a person is knocked to the canvas, hmm. what the other what the other opponent they has to, to their do. Corner, they have to don't go they? to their corner. There's the ten count or the eight count. Yeah. So, but that got me thinking about an area which I've always been interested in, which is um, this idea of what exactly are you consenting to when you are going on and playing sports. So mm. we'll, hopefully we'll look at a couple of other sports. Ice hockey, there's an interesting example from rugby union, which was a sport I played. Uh, and I think we're looking at uh, there's a basketball game um, I was going to raise as well. Mm-hmm. But I thought what we should do is let's pair it back and let's start with first principles because um, people listening to this might not know exactly what we talk about when we talk about consent to assault. The law is the common law has always protected bodily integrity. So, I mean, I'm sure people have heard the idea of a person's home is their castle and understand, you know, sort of implicitly that the common law protects your right to your own house, you know, and people can't come into your house. And that's, again, an ancient principle of, mm. of our laws. Similar to that and, and just as ancient is this idea of bodily integrity. But we don't sort of talk about it uh, as much probably because there's no nice little aphorism to to sum it up. But I think people intuitively know you can't go around touching other people. Uh, and, you know, certainly that's taught a lot in schools now, particularly around sexual assault and things like that. And so courts have said that that is a very, very important thing that the law protects. you, And they make a blanket rule 
any touching of another person is an assault. So at law, any touching of another person is an assault. And so people might be surprised to hear that, but you and I know as lawyers that the, 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 although that's the, the general rule, there are um, exceptions, if you like, or there's ways to look at that, which, which mean, you know, you're not constantly suing every single person well, who you bump into. and sorry. Yeah. It might be implicit in what you're saying, but it's any touching without consent. Ah, so, yeah, I, did, I was going to add that. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're right. I was going to add that in. Um, yeah, so touching without consent. So obviously if you are putting your arm around your, um, you know, wife or husband or partner or you, um, you know, that's a, that is a touching which, you know, people like. You hold hands. I hold hands with my seven-year-old son. He loves holding hands. And so I hold hands with him all the time. So that's a touching, but it's obviously something that's done with consent. So yep. the law recognises that you can consent. Now, consent can be expressed. So, you know, can you please hold my hand? Are you expressly consenting to it? But mostly in human relations, consent is implied. So you don't actually say anything. So my my son never says, can I hold your hand, Dad? And I say yes, or, or, or I never say it to him. We just end up holding hands as we walk along. Um, so that's a, that's an implied consent. And and consent can be implied based on what you do. So you, you go to, um, you know, the pub. You go to a music concert, Taylor Swift maybe, um, and you're, you're in the mosh pit and you are bumped and jostled by people, you know, and you uh, you can't, you know, complain and, you know, go and sue them for just ordinary sort of bumping, jostling, you know, rubbing past people because there's an implied consent that if you are going to a pub, if you are walking along a busy street, if you are you know, at a in the mosh pit at a concert, you are impliedly consenting to a level of touching. Yeah. Um, but you've got to understand, and it's all about, well, what is reasonably expected? So if you're at a concert and you are sitting up the back, you're not expected to be jostled the way you would be if you're in the mosh pit. I mean, if you're, I must have never been in a mosh pit, but I- Never. <laughs> never. Joe. Have you been in a mosh pit? Oh, hundreds of times. Wow. Okay. Did you never go to Big Day Out or Livid or- uh, Look, I wasn't a big one for concerts, but if I did, I always, I'm a, I just love the music. I'm oh, just at the back just no. absorbing the music. Loved a good festival. Did you? Yeah. Okay. So, you, you, I mean, in a, in a mosh pit, if you got um, elbowed in the face, would you be surprised? No. No. If you got kicked in the face, would you be surprised? In a mosh pit? Yeah. Possibly not. Yeah, because as I, you you have these people who yeah. are sort of stage diving or, or whatever. People's and, shoulders. Or, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, if you go into a mosh pit and that happens, you know, you could appreciate that if you then got kicked in the face and went and complained to the police officer who's at the festival, they might say, well, sorry. Yeah. sorry, you know, you sort of consented to that. Yeah. I know because obviously I teach this as yes. well, but the way they refer to it at law is you are impliedly consenting to the everyday intercourse of life. Yes, everyday intercourse of life. And it's just a common sense kind of standard. Yeah. So the everyday intercourse of life doesn't cover somebody walking up and punching you in the face, for example. Mm. Th- hence that being a um, you know a, a, an assault that will end up in sort of criminal charges. Yeah. But the law also recognises that there is a level of assault that you can't consent to. So you raised that bizarre case, um, you know, in one of our episodes where a man asked his friend to cut off his leg Mm. and that involved him cutting through the guy's thigh, wasn't it? I think so. And, in fact, I should say I've had 
there's been a bit of um, commentary about that and I should recognise that that person involved did have mental health issues, which I did not address. So I do take that on board. Okay. I mean, mental health issues adds a different dimension again to to consent, but but you can't consent to a certain level of injury. The question then becomes, well, what level of injury can you consent to? Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, if you are if you're playing a, a game of sport and somebody stabs you, I mean, unless it's fencing, uh, you know, you're probably going to be you're probably going to be within your rights to say, well, I wasn't consenting to that. And there was a case with a uh, in a basketball game in the United States where one of the players pulled out a knife and stabbed to death. On I the mean, court? On the court, another player. Yeah. What? And that is way beyond. Did they have personal beef? I, I didn't get the didn't get the backstory. Or was it just that they were losing? I don't know. It that was, is well, insane. It's, it, is, it is. It's insane. So beyond the the. the rules of the game but oh but i wanted to, i wanted to just briefly talk about the case of the queen against brown which uh, we talked about before we went around i can't believe you hadn't heard of it no um because it is a salacious case yeah i think everyone brace yourselves brace yourselves one. for this salacious case so it's an english case in 1994 queen against brown what had happened was there was a police investigation on an unrelated matter but somehow the police uh end up raiding this house in London where there was sadomasochistic sex going on. There were five men who were engaging in sadomasochistic sex. So sadomasochism, inflicting pain on others and or receiving pain and that being some kind of um, that sexually exciting you. Um, but they all chose to be there. They all chose to be there. So it wasn't that anybody was abducted or being tortured. They all were voluntarily there and were voluntarily, I think, participating. Participating, And they must have, because they were all charged, they must have been both giving pain in terms of what they were doing as well as receiving it. So some of the, the um, behaviour included uh, nailing penises and scrotums to wood. As um, in, so... You said this before, yes. but so they would nail them. Yes. But then obviously. Well, at some point, presumably you have to take, take the, the nails, nails out. out. Yeah. Good God. Yes. Okay. Uh, dripping hot wax well, onto so... genitals. Oh, onto genitals. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're all, all charged. They're all prosecuted. And against they, each other. Against each other, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they all argue, well, we were all consenting. So. We, it, you know, it's a consensual assault, which means it's not a crime. You can't charge us. And they were charged with what we would call in Queensland assault, occasioning bodily harm. So the injuries that were done were um, injuries that would sort of heal. Uh, you know, they were You're telling of, me that nailing a penis to wood does not result in permanent injury. Does not result in permanent injury. That well, is... I don't know. I haven't, well, that's haven't tested that theory. Said. But I don't think there was any medical dispute about that. That is... All right. Yeah. Okay. So they took a chance. Well, it's like that out, a sponge or a piece of wood. Uh, you know, it's a the, the, speak for yourself. The sponge. Male, male penis is quite resilient. You'd be surprised. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, so it goes to the the house. It, it, it goes on appeal. They're convicted. It goes all the way up to the House of Lords, and the House of Lords then has to consider this question about to what what level of consent can you uh, 
can you consent to? Or what level of, sorry, injury can you consent to? And they, although they ruled by majority that you couldn't consent to this sadomasochistic sex, they did acknowledge you can consent to bodily harm. So injuries that are caused which don't leave sort of permanent damage. And I think because it was in 1994, some of the reasoning, you know, is a bit moralistic. Mm. And so that if that case was decided now, I suspect that the sadomasochistic sex would be allowed. Um, yeah. Know. Anyway, so then we 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 so you so we can consent to bodily harm. So for people like me who played rugby union, um, you know, you are going to get bodily harm on a rugby union pitch. It is a it is a full contact sport, um, and you are you know running. You know, you're trying to pull people down as, when they're running as fast as they can. I mean, if they're lying on top of the ball, you are entitled to ruck them. I.e., use the cleats on the bottom of your boot to ruck at the ball and if you get them in the process, that's uh, just part of the game. So I think maybe we should just define bodily harm. Oh, yes, sorry. Yes. So bodily harm is any bodily injury which interferes with health or comfort. Yes. And so what that has been held to mean is, A, it has to be visible. So you have yes. to be able to identify an yes. injury somewhere, bruise, black eye, yes. blood nose, broken rib, whatever it might be. Yeah. But it also has to be something that interferes with health or comfort. So you must have a sensation of pain usually along with. So if you just got a bruise and you didn't know where you got it, that's not bodily harm necessarily. It doesn't cause you pain. What about a slap in the face that leaves a red mark? Well, I mean, if you quickly took a photo of the red mark, you could probably mm. allege. Mm. But then that runs all the way up to broken arms. Broken arms. Broken fingers. Like broken nose, ribs. Because, you know, there's no way to fix it. You just got to let it heal. Yeah. Um, so it's a huge spectrum yes. of injuries that yes. fall under bodily harm. Yeah. So when you're playing rugby, you are, you know, you are potentially getting bruises, um, uh, ruck marks. So, you know, uh, sort of like welts or scraping down cuts. your back. Um, oh, absolutely. Cuts. Yeah. So yeah. I got stitches. Uh, Somebody, uh, I mean, accidentally need me in the head and split my split my eye open up here. Stitches. Does rugby union have the metal ones? Uh, the metal cleats on the bottom of your yeah. boot. Ah, oh, they did back in my day. Oh. Nowadays, they've got these plastic. sort of plastic blade type things or something. I don't. You just got the little spikes time. in league. Uh, yeah, the plastic sort of novel spikes. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, that's so. There's there's full contact sports like um, rugby union. Then there's sort of partial contact if you like which is like soccer so you can jostle for the ball you can push people you can tackle which um they define as uh, a tackle as uh, sort of trying to get the mm. ball off someone and your legs clash and i mean to that extent they wear um protective gear shin on their pads. shin pad yeah what about netball uh netball again partial contact because okay. the idea that you're going to run into somebody is There's some serious injuries on yeah. a netball court yeah whereas non-contact sports are things like tennis you know, there's never you're never going to run into somebody in tennis. No, I suppose unless you're playing doubles. You know, uh, or um, <laughs> and uh, not playing very well. You know, I'm just trying to think of some other non-contact. Oh, sw swimming, golf. Yeah. Um, although I suppose at golf, you're yeah, it's non-contact, but non you, if you got hit in the head with a golf well, ball, well, there's potential for harm. But yeah. So with tennis. Yeah. But it's not contact. Yeah. 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 So, you know, what are you consenting to when you go on the field now? This is a bit of a grey area because obviously you are consenting to whatever's within the rules of the game. 
So in rugby union, you're consenting to being tackled. That's within the rules of the game, provided it's a legal tackle. You know, if you are in boxing, you are consenting to being punched in the face. So the, the question then is, what about things that are outside the rules of the game, but you could probably expect would happen? So for example, being punched in a game of rugby union, you know, I, depending on the circumstances, I think it's that's something you are impliedly consenting. It's beyond the rules of the game, but it happens so often um, that you could reasonably expect that it's going to happen. Okay. What about the fact that if that does happen and it's caught by the ref, that player gets sent off? Sent off. Well, I, as I said, it, it, I, I think when you're consenting to things, it's not just whatever's within the rules of the game. It's what we, It's things that are outside the rules of the game but are you know, uh, reasonably, you know, re- to think, be reasonably expected. Do so you yeah. think you would argue punching, consent to a punch on a football field? Punching in football, rugby league, rugby union happens regularly. Yeah, regularly. but does that, does that equal consenting to it though? You're running on the football field. I mean, what, wow. you're impliedly consenting. I've been punched in football. I didn't raise any complaint. <laughs> Did you start it? No, never no. started. Um, I just see I mean, my what, boys play yeah, and there are occasions obviously where things get a little heated out there mm. and people will start to punch on, but it gets shut down really quickly and oh, there yeah. doesn't seem to be, like I, it always takes me, because I was the first aid officer and it terrified me that I'd have to deal with a proper injury, but it was never something that I was like, oh yeah, another punch. I'd be like, oh my God, oh my God, you yeah. know, because you, I never expected it to descend yeah. into that. Yeah, but I mean, nobody's calling the police. You'd be oh, surprised no. if one of the parents oh, picked 100%. up the phone and phone. Yeah, no well, one's calling the isn't police. Isn't that the test? You know, you, it, it, it is. A, it's a consensual assault. Is that the test? Is it that we are just conditioned to to say, oh, that's that's rugby," rather than let's think about what are you actually consenting to? Mm. Well, so I do think things change over time. And so anybody uh, like me who likes to go back and watch clips from sports from the 70s and 80s, you know, if you watch a rugby union game or a rugby league game from the 70s and 80s, the the just the level of violence in terms of fights, oh, much higher than now. Really? Oh, so much higher. Oh, well, that's good. You know, and so we, we are, as a society are more sensitive mm. to that and particularly in, in – um, you know, in sports, school sports. Yeah, genius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, I do think that we move in that direction that we're less and less inclined to mm-hmm. to um, put up with that kind of violence. But, uh, you know, and that might explain some of the, the cases that I might talk about, the ice hockey case in terms of criminal Outcomes. charges. Mm. Yeah. There's this idea that you were impliedly consenting to something and you are impliedly consenting to something beyond the rules. I mean, if we think of uh, water polo, I mean, I never played water polo, but my daughter did and she, uh, she was quite good and she said the level of violence under the water is phenomenal crazy my nieces all play it yeah my nephew and the stories are out of control out of control yeah Yeah. and so if you're swimming out into a a, a water polo you know pool you are impliedly consenting to that kind of level of scratching and Mm, pinching and kicking kicking i mean my i so I sit on a disciplinary panel for touch football and touch football there is obviously uh, it provided for in the rules, direct contact. You touch a person too, they then stop mm. and play the ball under their foot. And that includes, although people could be disciplined for it, you don't see it that often, what are called slap touches. So you are touching them really hard 
um, uh, or scratch touches or what's happened to both two of my daughters that have played throat touches two fingers into the throat well my my son plays um, so he's still only 16 but he plays in an open yep competition so he plays against men. grown men yep. who actually get super mm. annoyed when this team of young guys fit them yep. <laughs> young fit boys yep. um and in one of the games last year towards the end maybe a semi or or even the grand final mm. a big bloke did a two-handed yeah touch on one of our better players who's yep. little yep. but so speedy yeah and he literally went flying yes um and of course no one's like oh call the police but but um, was there even a penalty for it? I mean, I've seen that where there's there not was, even. There was in that one. case. Okay. It yeah. was, it was really yeah. bad. But you're right. Like it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this level of implied consent you give when you go out there to things beyond the rules of the game. But then we get to things like MMA, mm. where you are. If it, I'm not an expert, I just watch these TikToks which come up in my feed <laughs> regularly, and. There, are, it seems to happen regularly, or certainly if my feed's anything I bought, that people will be unconscious and they will still be being punched. Now, that I just don't understand in a legal sense how that can occur because people who are unconscious cannot consent. As soon as they are unconscious, all, all bets are off in terms of consent. And we know that from our um, laws about rape and sexual assault. Yeah. If there is a, a female who is unconscious or a male or a male, they are not consenting. No matter what they've been doing before that. That's right. They are not consenting. It ends with the lack of consciousness. Correct. So this is what I, I just can't understand. So, so yeah, why? Well, let let try and unpack it again. I'm not an expert, let me unpack it as far as I understand it. So I talked to a mate of mine who who was a former amateur boxer. And so he knows and he had some dealings with in, in MMA. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And he said it might have something to do with, as you twigged to earlier on, the uh, the idea of how, you know, in terms of trying to win, you know, wh what do they need to do to win? So Kill them? Well, one would, it seems so sometimes, I think. But no, so in it, it's, it's similar to boxing in that once a person is unconscious, um, you've won and or they tap out because it's mixed martial arts there's often grappling and wrestling involved because you can sort of do anything so if somebody's if you're wrestling somebody 
and they, you know, tap you, you know, they do the tap, then they have agreed that they've lost. And then, Can and I just ask a yes. question? So MMA, yes. does everyone have the same mixed martial art experience or can some people just be doing like jiu-jitsu and other people doing a combination do you know you can do whatever you like you so can you do a don't combination necessarily can... have the same no. skills no okay but but i mean but what seems to have happened is that you know it finds its level and that everybody sort of starts to understand what are the grapples that work and don't work right. what are you know so they if you watch it you you wouldn't go, same. well, that's a jiu-jitsu and that's a karate. You know, okay. you just go, these two guys fighting and... Oh, it's become its own type of... Yeah, in yeah. some senses. Okay. Um, uh, but it has this interesting element of wrestling with it so that, you know, it's not just punching and kicking. You know, it's like kickboxing in that sense, but it's then also wrestling so that once they get in, they can get each other in a hold and potentially, you know, submit, you know, uh, subdue the person through a wrestling move. So my, my friend says, well, what happens in a in a in an economic sense is these fighters assigned to a three or four fight deal you only do three or four fights in a year they're so hard on the body that you're not doing any more than that you paid about twenty thousand dollars a fight so if you're doing three fights in a year twenty thousand dollars you know you are that's practically below the poverty line when you take tax out mm. and in terms of the amount that you have to train and the diet that you mm. have to have you know you're not making a lot of money so they need another contract Supplement. or a better contract mm. Now you get bonus for um, knockout and you apparently get a bonus for some kind of special interesting knockout, presumably because it goes on TikTok and people like me watch it and you get millions of views. <laughs> well, I want to know um, what that is. Sorry? I want to know what that is. Well, it's some kind of knockout that's really interesting, I suppose, where. So one of the other, and this is what my friend said in terms of why is it you are bashing somebody on the ground who is potentially unconscious. Mm. And he said, well, the difference between boxing and MMA is that the fight can turn on a dime in the sense that the chance of a sort of a lucky punch or kick changing the dynamic of, of who's winning in an instant is much higher. So in boxing, you have much thicker gloves and you are standing, you know, facing the other person and you have your guard up and you punch. And that's it. There's mm. no kicking, you know, there's no wrestling. And so in that sense, it's much more restricted in the way that you can knock somebody out. And so the the chance of a sort of a lucky punch getting through and you just dropping somebody when you're on the ropes is much lower apparently in boxing than it is in MMA where a whole you can well you've got much thinner gloves and mm. so your punch you, the likelihood of your punch knocking somebody out is higher you, you know you can see these TikToks where you see somebody and they're getting absolutely pummeled and then out of nowhere a punch lands and the other guy is knocked out right so my friend says he thinks that it is a function of this idea that they need to, to get a, a knockout, they need to get an interesting knockout, they need to get a further contract, that they need that person to be unconscious. So when they're falling, they make no, they're not going to leave anything to chance that this guy might hit the canvas and get back up again. Wow. They absolutely pull Now, my friend who knows more about it than I says that, and you do see this, the, the, um, the referees, they don't sort of stand there, they do try and jump in and they sometimes seem to take their time jumping in, but, um, you know, they often dive in and, you know, when somebody's clearly right, So it's not part of the game. Well, is it part? Of, I mean, even if Putting it's not part of the Putting aside the question of consent, they're not meant to do that. 
Well, the game's over once the person's unconscious. Whether the person's unconscious or not, you know, might be a question. Well, pr- presumably it's always a question for the referee. I mean, if somebody's tapping out, that's pretty obvious. Everybody yeah. knows. Um, but but the, so they might justify it by saying, I wasn't sure he was unconscious. Yeah. Saw the eyelid flicker. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, when you see, yeah, I mean, when somebody gets hit on hit, hit in the jaw, it's quite obvious they're unconscious when they are falling. I mean, they oh, fall you can in see the, the, the eyes go. Yeah. Well. But often they just go completely stiff and they just drop, you know. So, you know, so I just, you know, I'm just mind blown that this kind of stuff. And so no one has been charged for that kind of conduct? Not as far as I can see. People have died in MMA, but, oh, yeah. From doing that? Oh, well, if you look at the um, the, the list of them, people, some people die in the ring, occasionally people die, but often they die later After. on that day or, oh. you know, yeah. But, I mean, look, that's not, I mean, people die from boxing, people die from rugby union. Well, I know. I, I The only stuff I know about boxing, and yep. I feel like I know quite a lot, was yep. because of, the novel The Power of One. Oh, okay. Which I didn't see that Bryce coming. Courtney. Yes, I oh loved it. God. Great novel. Yeah, I loved it. PK does all of the boxing. That's right. He's a boxer. Ah, yes. described it all. Yes. So I felt like I knew quite a lot about boxing as yes. a result of that. And I thought that was violent and yes. too much for my Really? Yes. You're yes. young when were you? Just sort of a year twelve or something reading? No, the power younger of- than that. I think I read it in grade eight. Grade eight? Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, I was a reader. I am a reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But this is just shocking to me that people would subject themselves to this kind of risk. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose people do lots of things. I mean, base jumping. I just look at that and think, why would you ever even, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So. But because you can't control your opposition in that ring. You know, like you're, Mm. if you're in a ring where. The rules are loose. The risk that you're going to be. Yeah. Well, I suspect that the MMA people say the rules aren't loose, and if you look at the rules, there there are quite a lot of them, unbelievably. But you sort of think, well, you even need to write those down. They aren't they self evident. So you <laughs> you can't you can't attack the groin. Um, you can't bite. You can't spit. You can't punch somebody in the spine. You can't do a rabbit punch, which is a punch to the back or the kidneys. Oh. You can't punch to the neck. They, I did the see. Head? Oh, yeah, absolutely, punch the head. Absolutely. So why do they distinguish between the neck and the head? I don't know. Well, so I did see a rule saying you can't punch the back of the head, but I see so many where people are in a particular hold and they're pounding the back of the other head's person, the back of the other person's head. Ah. You know, I which is just phenomenal because I mean in boxing, which is very strict. Same rules, but very strict in terms of punching in the back of the head. That is absolutely not on. Remember that guy who bit the yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was um, uh, Vander Holyfield had his That's ear bitten right. off. Yeah. yeah, by um. But that was not allowed. Not allowed. Correct. And yeah. that was. I mean, the fight was called off straight yes. after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, ears being bitten off is again something that happens in rugby union. Not often, but <gasps> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh so, um, not, and again, not recent. But I think it was somebody had their ear bitten off in a test match, rugby union test match. Yeah, a little bit not related. But yeah. remember Hopewadi, who okay, there's an interesting his thumb up. Was it a? Th- it was certainly some kind of a finger. Well, a digit or digit up the bottom of three players. In an in a NRL game. It was actually only in one game. I went and looked it up because yeah. I remember it. Um, it was one game against the North Queensland Cowboys. I can't remember who he played for. I don't know. And he, in in certain tackle, in a tackle, would would 
pop a finger in. Insert a finger into the into the anus of the other player. Happened to three players. Was that just like a distraction technique? Was that what he was trying to do? He said he was trying to give him a wedgie. I don't know if anyone followed that up with why were you trying to give him a wedgie, but not the time or the place. Yeah, and he was, he was convicted. Yeah. Well, not with a criminal offence. He was he was because that's a rape, a digital penetration of the anus. I don't is, think it was back then. No, two thousand and one. I think it was. Oh, was that two thousand and one? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he was uh, unprofessional, unsportsmanlike conduct. conduct, 12 week ban, uh, and just ruined his reputation. I mean, if you say Hopawade, everybody it's all knows you. Who, think of. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think one of his nephews is a current player. Or, so you wouldn't be consenting to that kind of contact? Absolutely not. No. So far beyond the rules of the game. Mm. Anyway, back to MMA. Yeah. Well, you know, so they do have these list of rules. Uh, and, you know, there's some funny rules about elbowing. So, I mean, you can elbow in um, MMA, which is just absolutely not on in boxing at all. And, again, that's one of the other reasons why the fight can turn on a dime because, you know, the use of an elbow is, I think, much more um, likely to cause a knockout than a, um, a, than fist, a fist, particularly when they've got gloves on, although the gloves are pretty thin in MMA. So... I guess my question is like boxing, there are all of these rules mm. and restrictions, but it's a free for all. Like, is it is it still a skill that will get you to win or is it this getting an elbow in and knocking them out? You know, well, like. I think getting an elbow in is a skill. I mean, there's, there's an enormous level of skill in what they do. It's just incredibly violent. Oh. I mean, it is the most full-on contact sport I think you could have. And so you say that they win if they're unconscious. Or they tap out. Or they tap out. So these ones where they're still punching them when they're unconscious, once the ref gets to them. Yeah, and calls it off. Dives in between them. So it doesn't stop them from winning, but they were punching them unconscious. No. Oh, they're not. No, they don't seem to be disciplined for it at all. And it's like, boom, okay, you've won, even though you punched the guy seven times after he was unconscious. And there's no ban on... Well, again, sorry. On I think further, strictly it's further competitions. You know, like no, you I get benched. Yeah, no, in footy. I don't think so. These people are—that's a win. Hmm. You know, which is, I think, bizarre. It is bizarre. I mean, I think the other sport that is super violent hmm. is ice hockey. I was getting to ice hockey. Why do you think it's super violent? Well, I because we have a lot of Canadian students yes. at my uni. Yes, and um, they talk about sport. I actually. I actually had someone write me an email on Monday. Um, Dear Liz, I, just letting you know, I'm not coming to class today because I'm watching the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, we talk about sport. Yes. And they tell me stories of people who've had like slices and yes. gashes and unconscious. And yes. I think there was a death. There was a death. I might get to that. But, but one of the things, and ice hockey, I think is a good example of this idea of what are you consenting to? Because fighting, as I understand it, and I'm not an expert in ice hockey, is beyond the rules of the mm. game. But it is such a, a part of the culture that the referees will actually stop the game and let two players take off their gloves and punch on in the middle of the ice hockey ring, you know, to sort of, I don't know, settle some kind of dispute. But so if you are going onto an ice hockey rink, you are impliedly consenting to a pretty high level of violence, it seems to me, you know, which is just, uh, you know, I mean. Well, yeah, I, they, they, they tell me on oh, this happened in this game and, you know, they're laughing about it. And all I'm thinking of was, well, if they needed stitches, then that was a wound and yes. you can't consent to a wound. So yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm going with yeah. it. Yeah. Why is someone not being charged? But no one, well. Well, I suppose wounds, so so breaking of the skin where you need stitches, I mean, that happens in rugby union, rugby league, I mean, yeah, boxing. You split your head and stuff. And, uh, well, I suppose it, it, certainly in ice hockey, it would probably, I would have thought, mostly be an accident. Uh, you well, know, I think you're that's not... part part of the time it is yeah. because obviously in ice hockey they're using um, they've got their sticks and the puck and the puck uh, and just they're... the ice itself and the skates yeah and the skates so the so in uh, last year in England I didn't know they were big ice hockey players but there was an ice hockey game there between two clubs and it was sort of the top level A grade whatever game and the the two clubs i think were the biggest clubs and biggest rivals and a young american who was playing over there had his throat cut open by the boots of an opponent and bled to death he died i think he was declared dead at the hospital (gasps) but he yeah he bled out and died and it's hard to get details uh, on exactly exactly what happened, and I don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm gruesome and you know really interested in these gory details. But from a, a legal point of view, you do want to know exactly what, what happened. happened so that you can assess the legal Liability. consequences. So the the articles on it talked about it as an the first, the opening articles. You know, when it first happened in sort of you know I think it was August last year they're talking about this this terrible tragic accident and how you know it was, it was you know unforeseen effectively you know absolute you know who could have predicted it mm. kind of accident and obviously terrible uh, for a young man to die and his mm. family obviously and apparently he was a great club man and everyone around the club loved him and so i mean there's all of that and uh, and all of the the outpouring of grief but subsequently the player whose boots slashed his throat open was charged and has been charged with manslaughter which i On think is what do we know well i know i mean i'm reading this uh, uh, media report so mm. obviously they're not answering the kind of questions lawyers ask mm. but i just don't understand how that i mean it's, so it's maybe they've reviewed it and it wasn't it didn't happen during the course of the game. That's the only thing I can think that would It justify. absolutely happened during the course of the game. It's not like it was halftime and he sort of... No, but, you know, like if the puck was up one end and there was an altercation down the other end between these two or whatever. Sure, yeah. Or, you know, if he'd fallen when he was hitting the puck, he'd fallen forward and this guy took a swing at him while he was down but the puck was gone. You know, maybe something like that where it's yeah. not part of the game. Well, but, but this is my point. That kind of stuff sort of is part of the game. It's not part of the rules but it's... It's it is the kind but of thing I you could expect you're when you're drawing a distinction between what is you know typically happening on a field as opposed to what is the course of the game. Like you say you expect to, you could expect to be punched in a football game, you know, yeah. it happens. Yep. Yes, that probably is true, but I don't know if that means if it went to court, if it went to court, mm you'd have an argument, well, it was in the course of the game. I don't know that what typically happens in a game is the same as the rules of the game. Mm. Well, one of the things that this the case in England has brought out is is exactly that point. So the you know lawyers sort of have gone back to look for um, appeal decisions. So decisions of courts of appeal obviously give greater precedent and value in mm. terms of, uh, you know, to 
courts and police and prosecutors about how to deal with certain things. Looking for cases like that where there's been something from sport uh, and there's been some prosecution because of it. And apparently there's very little to guide um, the police and the prosecutors on on what to do mm. because of this idea. I think exactly your point. It's maybe it is maybe it is criminal, but people take it as part of the game, part of the culture of the game. Yeah. Well, that's just what you can expect, um, and so charges aren't bought. But maybe I don't know. Maybe charges should be bought. Well, I mean, I think I think about footy. Like I have grown, my kids have grown up. Mm. The boys have played league since they were little. Yeah. And I said to you before, I was the first aid officer. Yeah. Terrifying position. Yeah. Um, but last year in the under-18s game, one of the boys came off and his cheek had been sliced open. Ooh. And it was like bleeding and I was like, mate, oh, this doesn't look good. I think you might need some stitches. He's like, nah, tape it up. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, tape it up. I'm going back going back on there. Yeah. So I'm tape, I taped his whole face. He looked like a mummy <laughs> and he's back out there throwing himself into the tackles again and i thought well technically that's that's not just bodily harm we're talking about an injury that needs to be stitched yes maybe it happened in the course of the game but you can't consent to in queensland you can't consent to an injury beyond bodily harm even in the course of the game so a wounding or a grievous bodily harm you can't consent to that but of course, no one would ever think to say, well, which player caused yeah. that? Because we do just accept it. And it's the same with things like concussion. Like yeah. you get these massive tackles. Yeah. And, you know, one of the boys on my son's team, who I love almost like a son, three concussions last year. Yeah. And this is serious. Like yeah. the consequences from that are massive. You talk to my colleague, Annette yes. Greenhow, yes. about the head injuries in sports and I just think well of course no one's ever going to hold anyone responsible for a king tackle you know like yeah that's wow what a tackle and meanwhile he's over here not computing what's going on yeah and so I think maybe we have to shift that thinking yeah and say well maybe we've expected it and you said we've made progress since the 70s and 80s yeah Maybe we need to go the next step and say, let's let's really be strict on what we would accept on a sports field. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's an opportunity cost to this kind of stuff. So there is, I mean, there's an exception in terms of consenting to assault for medical procedures. So obviously if you're having an operation, you are mm. being cut open, which is a wounding, you know, and potential grievous bodily yeah. harm. So, so there's exceptions for medical procedures. And, I, and, and to some extent, there's an, there is, I think, an exception for sporting events because there's a real public policy in, in, in encouraging people to play sport. Yeah. And I sus- suspect that, that there would be a feeling that if you start to prosecute spear tackles, that knock people out and you are then pro- being prosecuted criminally for that. Yeah, who'd do it? You know, there would be less and less. Who'd play the sport, I mean. Yes, yes, who'd play the sport. But, I mean, you're exactly right. The, the the medical evidence on repeated concussions now is, you know, showing that it has significant long-term mm. um, effects. And it, when I looked at the, the sort of the deaths from, um, you know, rugby union, uh, boxing, MMA, you know, not insignificant number of them die because of some brain injuries from repeated concussions. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, it is such a, I mean, it's a difficult area in terms of when to prosecute. 
Well, and it's a difficult area in terms of the culture because yeah. we had a protocol. Like as a first aid officer, if I had a suspected concussion, it's a two-week protocol you have to put into place. And I would say to the parent, you know, Johnny's had a concussion this mm. game. You're going to have to take him to a doctor, go back in a week and get approval the week after that. Mm. No, Johnny, no, no, you, you were right, weren't you? You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, no, I couldn't answer it. Johnny, were you right? Was it a concussion? No, mum. Yeah. What do you do? They yeah. don't want to miss the next two no. weeks of games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that is a, a whole shift in thinking. Mm. But I, I mean, in some sense, I mean, I appreciate why in a medical sense you should draw a distinction between that and the kid you had who split his face open. Mm. But the idea of just, just take me up, I'm going back on. I know. You Went know. against every fibre of my being. Yeah. But I mean... This was my older son's team. I didn't really know these kids. I couldn't yeah. say, "No, I'm not letting no. you." Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I can advise. Yes, but I'm, I'm. They were adults, most yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea of the blood bin has been something much more strictly policed now. I mean, I was, as with the rise of an understanding around HIV, mm. I think that's come in. But I mean, you know, bleeding plates immediately sent off yeah. immediately, and that's treated. And but then, it provided the bleeding is sort of staunched, and they can they're not bleeding on other players, they straight back, come on, back and, on and keep going. Yeah, they get the tape and it's dribbling down. Dribbling down, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, yeah, you can understand. I mean, I've seen. I, I mean, I know people who go and play uh, in circumstances where I would never go back on. You know, they've split their head open. They need stitches. They won't stop to get stitches. It's like put some Vaseline on it, tape Crazy. it up, I'll go back on. I don't even know how they keep keep doing it. But, you know, they do. And so, you know. Yeah, I know. I think the MMA stuff is is super interesting because that is like another level again because it's, intentional you know yes. like it's you're trying to knock the other person yes out. yes it's not a consequence of rough play or yeah. enthusiastic play or whatever yeah. it might be and so i mean they obviously are all there because they want to compete yeah but are they really understanding what they're the consequence the potential yeah. i mean long term even if they if they have okay. a career, they're long-term consequences. What are they consenting to in terms of the damage they could be potentially But, you know, doing? people say, oh, it's not it's not the law's job to make rules about this. This is decisions well, they should make for themselves. And yeah. I think, is it? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, well, it's a tough one. I must have lean on the side of the idea that it's not the law's. Well, I know uh, they haven't no. legislated, but, but yeah. I, I, I mean, I think certainly reading this stuff around the the, the young bloke who had his uh, his neck sliced open in an ice hockey game and the prosecution that's gone on from that i suspect that we're going to see more and more prosecution of people from sports. sports yeah well i think there was a hockey player who did face a charge for a death on the court yeah and i know we were talking about this before but i feel confident that when we were younger there was a boy playing mm. schoolboy football mm. who did a spear tackle yeah. outside of the play of the ball. Yes. Uh, and he, I'm sure he got charged with manslaughter. Yeah, yeah we talked about this earlier. I tried to find the case because I remember it as well. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it was, yeah, in a rugby union game. And, and I that, mean, that is heartbreaking because yeah. how many spear tackles happen yeah. And for the one that he did to be fatal, yeah. I mean, that would not have been his intention in any no. way, shape or form. And he'd have mm. to live with that forever. Yeah. 
So it is, yeah, it is something to really think about, isn't it? It is. Mm. Are you going to go home and start watching MMA clips on your TikTok? Um, I might watch one, but I struggle with boxing. I can't yeah. watch boxing because yeah. to me it's everything I have raised my children not to do. Yeah. You know, don't wrestle like that. Don't hit. Don't. Yes. And I just, I feel that the impacts, you know, although having said that, one of my favourite series of books and now the TV show is the Lee Child Reacher oh, series, Jack yes. Reacher, yeah, just not, watched... not the Tom Cruise version. No, no, yeah, the TV, yeah, I've watched Where both he of actually yes. is Jack Reacher and honestly, the level of violence is, in those is phenomenal, out of control, yeah. but I would watch him all day. But, yeah, mm. it's violence porn. It's just, it's like the John Wick <laughs> movies, it's just this... It's just this violence strung together with a but, pretty terrible storyline. Oh no, they got lovely child's books. They're very good stories. I must say, I did watch the second uh, season of Reacher Network. I yeah. watched the first season too. The storylines really are pretty good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. The books are amazing. Are they? Yeah. Um, maybe I should yeah, read yeah. them. There's a big shout um, out for Lee Child. Lee Child. He's <laughs> handing over to his brother. Is he? Yeah. He's giving oh. Jack Reacher to his brother's keeping. Wow. Anyway, different kind of violence, but. I can stomach that. I think not the sports violence so much. Well, maybe you should watch WWF wrestling because that's really staged violence. Uh, I think I'll stick with my netball and footy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully there's something to think about there. Hopefully yeah. I did, did it justice for my friend Simon. Yeah, I hope to talk he's about happy. MMA. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, thanks, Joe. That was some stuff I did not know. Good. No, not at all. Thank yeah. you, Lizzie. Have a good week. You too. Bye. Thanks for tuning into this episode. You can find links to the cases that we discussed in the description. You can also find a link to Guardian Criminal Law, and a big shout-out to them for making this podcast possible. The majority of criminal cases involve people, normal people, people like you, people like me, who find themselves in an unusual set of circumstances that would not usually occur in their life. My name's Mark Savick, and I'm here to assist you with your criminal matter. I look forward to hearing from you and being of assistance to you. If you're interested in clips, you can look at them on Instagram and TikTok. Just search for Justice Matters Pod. See you next episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.